You're tuned in to The Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, toddcoconato.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee, here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconato. All right, everybody, want to welcome you to the broadcast today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are in the danger zone. Thank God we have the power of the Holy Spirit to protect us, to guide us, and to navigate us through what I call the minefield of today as a Christian. I was uh, interviewing Steve Strang today for the other broadcast, and uh, you know he's the founder of Charisma Media, and uh, he just came out with a new book that we're talking about on the broadcast. But one of the quotes that he said in the book, and I'm going to read right now, I think it's very interesting. It says, someone had said that the Christian life is not difficult, it's impossible, that is, without the power of the Holy Spirit. And isn't that the truth? Uh, We need the power, the presence of God more than ever before. Otherwise, we can be discouraged. We can be really, really scared at looking at some of the news headlines in this hour because, let's just be honest, they're scary. I mean, you got Russia teaming up with China. Uh, You know, there's the possibility of an expansion of the war over there in Eastern Europe. Uh, talks of, of course, nuclear, uh, there, that's been going on since the beginning of this, but as things continue to escalate, it becomes more and more of a reality that this actually could happen at some point. And so where do we find that peace and that rest? And that's just one thing. I mean, the banks, what, what's happened in the last week or so with several, several of these banks, now they're saying regional banks are pressured all over the country. And I think that, that some of that is intentional. If you ask me, I think they're trying to collapse some of these regional banks so that they really just have a couple of main banks that control everything. The Chase Manhattans of the world, the Bank of America, these are the same banks that some of my friends have had their accounts frozen in uh, because of things that they've said online, which then kind of reminds me of the Chinese social credit score system. So things are happening rapidly, and we can be completely overwhelmed. Now, there's some believers that have their heads buried, and they don't see any of this. They think it's just completely business as usual. And then you got us, the remnant people, that have an urgency in our heart, and we know that this is all happening. And that's why I don't talk about it. If you notice, I don't talk about it as much anymore. And people say, well, why? Because you should be. Well, I, I understand, but there's so many people talking about these things now, and I feel like most remnant people already kind of know what's going on. You know, I can get into, uh, we're going to have Kurt Elliott on the program uh, next week, and he's going to discuss ways to protect your finances. I think these are things that we need to discuss, especially in this hour as the uh, possibility of, uh, of a rollout of the central bank digital currency could be in the very near future. And it's not a possibility, it's coming. It's just a matter of when, not if. And what happens when that comes? Is it going to be like Facebook where they can put you in Facebook jail for 90 days? Will they, will they freeze your account in the bank because you said something online? And, and sometimes I, I see people that they'll put up something completely innocent, a uh, scripture. And they'll go into Facebook jail. So is that is that what we're going to look at? Certain things, you know, there's two genders, a male and a female. You put that up, all of a sudden you got a month where you can't use your money. I mean, what types of things are we looking at here in the future? As the hour gets late, we see the Bible coming to life before our eyes. And while it is very troubling and there's that certain urgency that we should have as watchmen, at the same time, we have to rest in the peace that passes understanding that's available to us by the Holy Spirit. And I am coming just literally just got back in the studio from being in California 
where we spent several days, and this trip was not an easy trip. I'm just going to be honest with you. It wasn't easy. My wife and I looked at each other on the way home. We said, wow, what a trip. <laughs> I mean, yes, there was breakthroughs. We saw people that we missed, and so thankful to have seen them, and I love being in, you know, in person with people and being at that altar, which, by the way, I'm going to talk about the altar in just a moment here. But it wasn't an easy trip. There was a lot of warfare. All of us got sick. I was really sick one day. I remember when we got into California, I was so sick. I told my wife, I haven't been this sick, and I, don't, I can't even remember. I was bedridden, friends. And I was supposed to you know, meet with a bunch of people and do all this stuff that day, and it just wasn't happening. There's was no way. We were down in Orange County, and I just stayed there in bed. And praise God, I have an amazing doctor that was able to get me antibiotics out of state, but uh, I really believe it was also the prayers of many of you that we were texting and reaching out to in the core group and things like that and saying, help, we need help, we're under attack. And that there was warfare. But then that very next day, we went up to Chatsworth and uh, you know the service in Chatsworth was amazing. And so we've got to just press ahead as the storms of life come, as the battles come, we can't get battle weary and beat down or allow the discouragement of whatever it is that day that the enemy's using to try to discourage us. We can't let that get us. This is really a time where we have to understand the concept of being in it, but not of it. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. In it, but not of it. We have to understand our citizenship. If we don't understand that we're a citizen of heaven, we are going to get caught up in the craziness of this hour because there is craziness. And people are hungry everywhere we go. Why? Because they look at the world and they say something is very wrong, very wrong. You know, why would, they, why would we all of a sudden have these banking, you know, regional banks being stressed to the max? Well, is it, is it, by, is it by orchestration? I mean, are they orchestrating this? See, I think there's always more to the story. Now, people will say you're a conspiracy or whatever, but I've been reading the documents and seeing what they're trying to do. I listen to people like Catherine Austin Fitz and people that are out there that are very well read in this space, and they're, they're explaining that we're in a transitional period and that there is going to be this transition to a digital currency system. Well, that's wild because the Scripture talks about that. The Scripture talks about a point that's coming soon where we're not going to be able to buy or sell without taking a mark. Now, again, I'm going to reference the uh, interview that I just had with Steve Strang because I think it's, it's fresh on my mind right now, but he was talking about the, this is a, a, a man that's been in the faith for many, many years, the founder of Charisma, and he was saying, look, we've been teaching for so long about the rapture being you know, our way out of this, but what if, that, what if there isn't a uh, pre-trib rapture? What if, we, what if we have to stick this thing out? How many believers are prepared for that? Because so many people have been taught about the pre-trib rapture that many people just feel like, well, we're going to be out of here. We don't have to worry about it. But we're seeing things rapidly escalating and we see that people are not, they're not processing what's going on. There's a normalcy bias. Of course, I'd love to see a pre-trib rapture. I'm not against it. You say, oh my gosh, you're against it. No, I'm not. I'd love it. I'm just saying, what if it's not, no one knows the day nor the hour, right? And, and people are freaking out right now. This is nothing, friends. This is nothing. So we have to engage in, in, in the society as we are in the authority of the Holy Spirit. We have to engage in a way that we do our part. We occupy until he comes. We're on fire. And we're, and we're moving the needle for the kingdom. We're seeing souls. I 
put up a post this last week after I left California. I was out there with Evangelist Mario Murillo, and uh, we went to a crusade up in Bakersfield, and there was hundreds of people at the altar every single night, by the way, getting saved. Hundreds of people at that altar. And it was encouraging because you could see there was such a hunger in that area. And that's how it's been for the last two years because people know they're, they're realizing the only answer is Jesus. It's not even, look, am I going to support a, a Trump candidacy if he runs again? And I mean, he's running, but if he, if he becomes the party nominee, of course, yes, I absolutely will. And I'll be out there and I'll do everything I can to help get that man elected. But at the end of the day, though, it's not going to be a political figure. It's, it's got to be us returning back to our first love, Jesus Christ, repenting, uh, relying on what the scripture says. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in the spirit of God for the pulling down of strongholds. We've got to pull down the strongholds in this country. It has gotten way out of control, way out of control. And that's why if you're a remnant believer, you feel it. You feel the pressure. You see the attacks on your personal life. When you post on social media, you feel the pressure. You feel it because you're taking a stand for righteousness and there's a rise in the spirit of Antichrist. And so all around you in different areas in your life, the enemy is trying to apply pressure right now. And that's why we're going to be talking about in it but not of it today. Because he wants to apply so much pressure on you that he wants you to cave, capitulate, give up, give in, and back down. To be distracted and not to be doing what you're able to do, what you're meant to do, walking out your calling, walking in complete victory, and understanding who you are in Jesus Christ. He wants you distracted and beat down and weary. And that's why we're seeing so many saints of God out there that are weary and battle weary. They're just, they're down. They're weary. I've seen this for the last couple of years, but it's, it's even getting worse now as the financial situation is unraveling and all these different things. People are feeling hopeless and we can't allow that hopelessness to sink in our heart because that's not who we are. We are a, a victorious people. We are an overcoming, we're, we're a warrior class. That's what God is doing. He's raising up a warrior class of people. And you're that class. You're that person. If you're a Christian in this hour, he's raising up you. He's, he's raising up a standard for you to be that warrior in this hour so that you don't back down. You can't back down. No matter what, no matter how much the pressure, you say, I just got a bad report from the doctor. Don't back down. I got a bad report from my job. Don't back down. I got a bad report from my, my lender. My finances are way down. I got to pay high taxes. Whatever it is, hold on. In it, but not of it. What does that mean? We're going to talk about that today. Stay tuned. PastorTodd.org. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show. In it, but not of it. Do you know what that means, in it, but not of it? Have you actually understood that in your walk with Jesus Christ in this hour, as we look at the world going crazy, in it, but not of it? Why is that so important? He's raising up a warrior class of people. This isn't a, you know, a weak sauce group. This isn't a group that's just going to cave. That's just going to capitulate. That's, that's just weak. You've got to be strong right now. If you're not, you're going to fail. I wrote this in, in our latest newsletter, and I want to just read this to you because this was my heart coming from California, and I literally just got back to Nashville. It says, I'm writing you today from California on the heels of several days and nights of packed altars and hundreds of salvations, both in Los Angeles and here in Bakersfield. 
What I realize more than ever is there's an incredible hunger for truth and righteousness. People want real. They want authentic. They are tired of the gimmicks. They're, they're, they don't want talent. They want the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They want a true encounter, and God wants to show us his glory. We must bring back the altar service. Hello? Uh, this is a time that we've been made for. This is the hour where God wants to demonstrate his power in such a way that there will be no denying the tangible presence of the living God. The question I have for you is, are you ready? Yes, I'm talking to you. Many are called, but few are chosen. Our nation sees calamity at our doorstep from wars and rumors of wars to economic peril, but we have the true hope. We're in it, but we're not of it. We're citizens of heaven. The answer for this nation is Jesus Christ, but we have to be all in. This is not a time to be messing around. This is go time. God is raising up a warrior class of former misfits and prodigals. He is calling those who have been rejected by the spirit of religion and have even felt at times that you don't fit in even in the church. Some of you, okay, are the people that they said you're going to fail. But God, God has stirred a hunger in your heart for the truth. God has strategically placed you This is the hour he has made you for. This is the church's greatest hour. The enemy cannot touch the church. And so over the course of the next few months, we're going to lay out this divine strategy. We'll do it on this program of how we march forward and take back the territory for the kingdom of God. We're already doing it. We're opening the Remnant Revival Center here in Nashville. Uh, This is going to be a place where not just on one day a week or two days a week we have services. This is going to be a place where people can come hungry and get filled. It's a place where you're going to be able to receive prayer. We need to have places like this where you can receive prayer. Uh, you can join the Remnant Core Group. And, and of course, tuning into our broadcast. Yes, like you're doing right now. God is connecting his remnant to be about his business in this critical hour. We are committed to the business of soul winning and tending the harvest. The end is not yet one more round. Hallelujah. That's my heart right now. I believe it's the heart of the Lord. I believe it's what God is speaking to us right now. In it, but not of it. We see the perils of this world. We see it. It's very apparent. It's very clear. There was a time when I was like this, you know, Lone Ranger guy. I felt like, you know, I'm against Lone Rangers. I was never unplugged from the church. That's not what I mean. But I meant I was like a voice in the wilderness. You know, I was was a voice in the wilderness. That's a better way to describe it. Not a Lone Ranger. Because Lone Rangers to me are people that are untethered. And that's not what I was. But what I'm saying is I was like one of, of a very small group at the time. And you know what I'm talking about if you've, been, if you've been sharing for a while some of the things that we're now seeing and you were warning and people didn't hear you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like people, you were one of these people that had the urgency. You had, the Lord showed you these things were coming. And so you were trying to sound the alarm. But do you remember that period of time when a lot of Christians, most Christians would either think you're a conspiracy person or they kind of laugh or chuckle or, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, or, or they just didn't want to hear what you had to say because they just they had that normalcy bias. They didn't think anything was going to happen. And then what happened You know, 2016 with Trump? And then we started seeing all the different things going on from that, you know, where the deep state was starting to come out in the in the open and really be exposed in just big areas of society like media and entertainment and Hollywood and, you know, the, the educational institutions and all these areas, Disney, companies like that, all of a sudden things that only a small group of people have been talking about before. Now people were starting to see, wow, there really is more to this. The Super Bowl halftime shows. This isn't really a conspiracy. There's actually something going on. Epstein Island, you know, the uh, was it Nexium or 
you know, there was all these different things that started to come out. Harvey Weinstein, it just kept coming and coming and coming. And, and so more and more people started waking up and then they tried to put a, you know, they tried to put, stop that. They tried to stop the, the big awakening. But what happened? More people woke up and, and there became a movement that started happening. And the Lord was doing something in that time. And then they did the COVID, the whole COVID thing. And there was censorship and they were taking down accounts and people were losing their social media platform for things they were saying. You couldn't say certain things and you still can't. They'll still blow up your account. So now it's like this, this really interesting time where, you know, we've kind of understand these things now. These are realities. They're not even conspiracies. Like a lot of people post this a lot. I think it's kind of funny, but I'm running out of conspiracies because they're all coming true. It's true. And you know, it's true. And so the question is now, what do we do? And as you stand for righteousness, the pressure is applied on you. I wrote a post about that the other day. And I might even share that in the next segment because I think it's important that we talk about these things. But that you feel the pressure and you're tired of the corruption and you're tired of the, the, the fake church that just acts like there's nothing even going on. They're just business as usual. We, we realize that this is a time for hunger and thirsting, for righteousness. We've got to go all in. So you, you're one of those people. You said, yes, I'm going to send me, I'll go. I want to be all in. And all of a sudden, the fiery darts started coming. It was one thing. It was another thing. The enemy hits you with a barrage. And, and even though you're strong, when the barrage starts coming, it, it, it starts taking a toll. It, look, it takes a toll on me. I mean, I was just doing an interview with somebody and they saw me on the Zoom and they said, wow, you don't look the same. What do you expect? I've been on heavy stress and attack for years now. I mean, I, I deal with it physically. Thank God I've learned to trust in Jesus. Thank God I've learned to depend on him. Thank God I can lay down my burdens at the foot of his cross. But it doesn't mean we're still human. It doesn't mean we don't, it doesn't take a toll. It does take a toll. And we can get really tired and beat down, discouraged. And so this whole concept of in it but not of it is important. What does the Bible say, in it but not of it? What does the Bible actually say? We've heard a lot. Well, you know, by simple definition, the word world refers to the world system. You know, in other words, it's ruled by Satan. We can, you know, more readily appreciate Christ's claims that believers are no longer of the world. We are no longer ruled by sin, nor are we bound by the principles of the world. That's why I say come out from among them. That's the book that's literally going to be coming out, Come Out From Among Them, uh, on July 4th. But you can pre-order it now, my book. It's already available. In addition, we are being changed into the image and likeness of Christ, causing our interest in the things of this world to become less and less as we mature in Christ. Believers in Jesus Christ are simply in the world, physically present, but not of it, not part of its values. That's who we are in Christ. We've got to understand, we've got to come out from among this Babylon system in order to have that peace that passes understanding, in order to walk out a righteous lifestyle. And God wants us to be victorious in walking out that righteous lifestyle. He wants us to be set up for success. And that's why more than ever in this time, we have to, look, either we believe this or we don't. Because if we don't, we might as well just go home. But if we believe it, then we've got to be all in. I have to challenge myself sometimes when, when I have to make a, a big leap of faith, like financially right now. You know, we got we to gotta take some big steps. And it's, it's scary. But you know what? I've got to believe. Either I believe this, either I'm real, or, or forget it. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, we're going to be right back. This is the Todd Coconato Show. Very important topic today. Stay tuned. 
All right, welcome back to the Todd Coconato Show. He is not done with you. He's not done with me. That's what we've got to understand. He is not done. It's time to bring back the altar. It's so important. What happens at the altar? You know, I was talking about this in a live. It's so true, though. What happens at the altar? Healings take place at the altar. People are set free. They're healed. They're delivered. We've got to bring back the altar service. If we don't, we're done. If we don't, we're finished. And so how do, we, how do we do this? We've got to stop having these services where it's like, you know, 25 minutes for worship and you better be done on that 25-second mark and then boom, you know, go into the announcements, announcements, video recording, and then we go into the sermon, sermon 32 minutes, and anything past that, you got to stop because you got to get the people home so they can go watch football. Seriously? Are we allowing God to move? Are we really letting God move in it but not of it? Seriously, being in the world also means that we can enjoy the things of this world, such as the beautiful creation of God that he's given us, but we're not to immerse ourselves in the idols of this world, in the values of this world, to chase around the worldly pleasures. Pleasure is no longer our calling in life. It once may have been, but rather God, the worship of God. That's what we need to do. We need to do that. Are we doing it? Are we pleasing God in who we are, in it but not of it? It's a very important concept, but yet I don't think everybody fully gets it, even Christians. In it, but not of it. We're here physically, but we're, this is not who we are. And, and once we understand that, we're able to, to take back the territory because we're, we're citizens of heaven. You know what I'm saying? We've got to understand this, friends. When you have that trial, somebody in your family sick, something happened, and I was just talking to a beautiful family out in California and they had just lost a loved one. And this whole family was just so, oh my gosh, I'm just thinking back to that moment. It was like the whole family was before me and every one of them was weeping. And it was like two years ago, I think, that the, the, the child had died and they still are just so wounded. And it's like, I totally get it. But as much as it's painful and we don't understand, we're going to understand better, you know, by and by, we're going to, Someday we're going to get it more than we do now. But here's the thing. We can't stop moving forward. We've got to do our part. Our job is not done yet in this world. If you're still here, there's a reason. There is going to be trials in this world. The, the word says it. You will see trials, but I've overcome the world. And we're, we're just passing through. And we're going to spend eternity with Christ. And this is the reality. And so knowing the reality of our situation, how do we then best uh, move forward. We got it. We got to just get up every day. You know, there's like a, a silly song, something about brushing your shoulders off. But honestly, that's what we need to do. We get, you got to get up and brush your shoulders off. This happened. Yes. I mean, I talk to people all the time. They were molested as kids. They had horrible, abusive families. Uh, their, their home was just a mess. It was a disaster. But the thing is like, is that going to be who you are for the rest of your life? Are you going to Brush your shoulders off and say, yep, I had some horrible things happen. But you know what? That's not who I am. I'm going to live the rest of my life out in victory. I'm going to walk this thing out knowing that I am called for a time as this, knowing that God's hand is on my life. Things happen to me. There's so many things happening. Things happen to you. I've had a lot of things happen to me, by the way, and I could be a victim. But I'm choosing to be victorious instead because what good does it do me to be a victim? What good does it do me to be like, woe is me, poor me? It doesn't do anything. It's horrible. I'm not able to accomplish anything because I wallow in my misery and my victimhood. 
You say, well, I was an abused spouse. I was an abused wife. I get it. It's horrible. I'm so sorry that happened to you. It was never God's will or intention for your life. But you know what? You're still here. You woke up this morning, didn't you? God is not done. His plan is hope in the future. He's the restorer. He will take what the enemy meant for evil and will turn around for good in your life. You say, Pastor, my, my, my daughter is in rebellion. She's living a lesbian lifestyle right now, but she's cutting herself. She's partying. My son, he's a rebel. He's out there. He's on drugs. He's, he's totally messed up. You start warring for that child. This is your job. You got to war for them. You got to get in the secret place and get on your face and war and contend. And those prayers set something into motion. That's why you're here. One of the reasons for your life is to be an intercessor for that child. And, and the enemy wants to rob and steal from you. He comes like a roaring lion seeking to devour. Some of you deal with real uh, bad self-image because so many people have said so many horrible things to you over the years and those words have taken root in your heart. And it's horrible what they said. It never was from God. You know, you're ugly, you're this, you, you can't, you're never going to make it, you're never going to be successful. You know what, that's their problem, that's not your problem. You are going to make it, you are going to be successful. Why? Because you've got the favor and blessing of the Lord, and you walk in that anointing. You, you, you take from who you are and your inheritance in Christ. You wake up and you say, I'm not going to be the victim, I'm going to be the victor. Now, I know it's easier said than done, especially when you're going through it. But you've got to speak those words of life. We've been speaking about spiritual warfare on Sunday. And this last Sunday, we talked about the assignments of the enemy. Many are the plans of the wicked. There's a lot of demonic plans. So many of them that we can get into agreement with. I was on a plane on the way home from California, and we missed the runway. Have you ever had that happen? That was fun, let me tell you. And, and I honestly didn't know what was going to happen. My wife and I were praying in the spirit. Because, uh, you know, we just didn't know. Uh, we, we, we were coming down, and then all of a sudden the plane shoots back up, and then it was doing all this weird stuff in the air. We didn't know if there was mechanical problems or what had happened. I mean, the weather was bad. But, you know, there's all kinds of things. And so we were praying in the Spirit. And you know what? No one was mad that I was praying in the Spirit at that very moment. There was a lot of atheists and other people on that plane, but everybody appreciated me praying. That's, what, that's what's up, friends. We can't hide our faith, and we got to just be who we are in Christ. And the people in front were listening to me as I was speaking in, in my heavenly language. <laughs> my wife was looking at me too, but she knew exactly. I needed to do it. We needed to do it because our hearts were racing. We knew there was something wrong with the plane. Something was going on. That was just one thing of many. I mean, it was a crazy trip. Good trip, though, because we saw souls saved. I want to read this uh, for a few minutes here. About because I think some of you relate to this. We got over many thousands of likes on this post. In fact, over 2,000. Um, and what I talked about is that some people have no idea what it's like to be an outspoken Christian who's standing publicly in this hour, especially an outspoken pastor or leader. And kudos to you who are. Thank you to, to those pastors and preachers that understand the concept in it but not of it and are actually taking a bold stance now. We've got to do this. If you think it's fun and glamorous, couldn't be farther from the truth. The stress and attack of standing in this hour is minimally 10 times harder than the most stressful and difficult job I personally have ever had. So true. You know, whether, without very thick skin and a lot of God's grace, by the way, there's simply no way I could do what I do. Only by spending time in prayer each day can I do this. I must constantly renew my strength 
from his spirit constantly. When you have uh, societal demons manifest on you every day because you're standing for truth of God's word. You know, I'm talking about liberals. I'm talking about hostile, vile, angry Christian haters, antichrist spirit. I could go on and on. They attack you all day long. You see this on social media and they say threats. They write me threats and very evil things that I can't even mention publicly. And then you got the hostile anti-Christian government that's against you for standing for truth. Have you seen this? Uh, they try and punish you financially, attack you in very other, de- you know, just deceptive ways that can greatly disrupt your life, by the way. Then there's a hostile media that smears you and you never know what they're going to say next. They, they take sound bites and clips and splice them together and make you sound like you're some awful person. Say you're a hate monger and this and that. And, and, and since when are Bible-believing Christians such the target? Well, I'll tell you, it's a rise in the spirit of Antichrist in the land as the hour gets late. And Bible-believing Christians are their target in the battle of light versus darkness. That's you. Uh, then you got this hostile Pharisee-type Christian, you know, who uh, I'll put Christians in quotes there, who have almost zero impact themselves on the world or for souls, and yet they think their online attacks are somehow helping someone sitting in their homes, criticizing and critiquing those who are actually in the battle while they have zero clue themselves about any of it. And they do nothing for the harvest, which is the great commission. It's the, the one thing God's told us to do, go and make disciples. They don't even focus on that. They just criticize you. It's a critical demonic spirit. And listen, if you're part of that, you're deceived. You attack the very people that are fighting for you. And then you have the actual frauds. Who are they? I mean, these are the people that tell you everything's just going to be just great, just fine. They tickle your ears all the way to the bank as they do nothing for the kingdom of God other than sit in their massive homes they built by lying to the saints with elaborate, well-thought-up words, and yet people send them their money because it's what they want to hear. Hmm. While the ones who are fighting the real battles and telling you the truth to the saints, you know, uh, are underfunded often and, and attacked and if we call it out, we're, we're the ones accused of causing division, causing problems. Meanwhile, we're trying to protect the church, our country, and those who are being deceived by the charlatans. It's actually quite amazing. So listen, I do this, and I know many of you that are fighting in this battle do this, for God. He renews our strength every day. He opens divine doors. He makes a way somehow. Only by his air in our lungs can we breathe. This isn't for sympathy I'm saying any of this. I gladly do this, as many of you do, because I have a passion and the fire of God. Nothing will stop me. Nothing will stop you. Nothing will stop the true warriors. Not words, not attacks, not actions. We were made for this battle. We were made for such a time as this. And so I push forward towards the prize. The true remnant understands that. You know, many years ago, I fought my lion and bear. People don't understand that, but God knows. He does. He knew. I had already stared down gun barrels and took the blades of knives. It's all good. Prepared. If you want a country and freedom, it's time to aim your verbal guns in a different direction at the people who are actually trying to take your life and freedom away from you. Wake up. Have a true encounter with the living God and then mount up, warrior. Christian haters and Pharisees, you are like the people playing the violins on the Titanic. You know, learn, learn who your real enemies are. You know not what you do. We've got to get back to the word of God and truth. We've got to repent and do our part. We must tend to the harvest and stop the madness of hating on those who are actually doing something. Just do something. Now is not the, the time to sit 
and do nothing. Now is the time to, to get in the game, to be the change, to be the solution. Don't be more of the problem. This is the hour of the warrior class. That's you. In it, but not of it. You're a warrior class. You were made to be able to withstand this. Listen, in, the, in, in Los Angeles, they have earthquakes. But there's a certain code in the buildings. When you build a building, it has to be made so it can withstand a certain type of shaking. Now, if you come out here to the south, you're not going to get the same codes because we don't have the earthquakes like they do in Los Angeles. Now, of course, they could have them, but I'm just saying they're much more prevalent in Los Angeles. So those buildings are built to code specifically to withstand. That's you. You're built to withstand the pressures and the, and the things that the enemy is trying to pull on you in this hour. You were built for this. It's in your DNA. It's who you are. So yes, the warfare is heavy. And yes, it can be substantial. And at times you can get down because you're human. But when you draw from that very present help in time of need, Christ, the solid rock, when you draw physically from him and you trust in him, and you understand you're in it, but you're not of it, the things of this world become less and less important and less and less substantial, and they're not going to stop you from doing your destiny, from walking out your calling and the anointing on your life. And that's what God is showing us right now. In it, but not of it. In it, but not of it. Does that make sense? That's who you are. Thank you, God. Are you getting something from this today? I hope so pastortodd.org pastortodd.org we will be right back with the final segment of today's show in it but not of it stay tuned we'll be right back hallelujah thank you jesus welcome back to the ty coconado show we got to just remember who who he is who he is, who we are, who he is, who we are in him. You know, it's easy to get caught up in all the, the nonsense. It's easy to get caught up in the fear. I'm not even saying things are going to get better. I don't even know. I mean, they might not. But we're in it, but we're not of it. We're citizens of heaven. We walk ahead in victory no matter what. Listen, our best days can still be ahead of us even if the world goes nuts. The favor and blessing of the Lord can be on you even when things are in calamity around us. You know, there's a song uh, Michael W. Smith says, you know, when I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by him. You know, it's true. This is how we fight our battles. We get into prayer. But when the discouragement takes root in our heart, we allow it to, then we forget who we are in Christ. We stop operating in the optimal version of us. Because we're so caught up in what the enemy's plan is for us. The enemy has a plan for you. I'm going to tell you right now he does. His plan is to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes like a roaring lion. He'll manifest it in different ways. People accuse you. They'll attack you. They'll come against you. They'll make up lies about you. Then you got physical ailments that'll happen to you personally. Some will happen to your loved ones. Your body will get weary, tired, beat down. Depression will try to take root in your heart sometimes. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that happens. We're in it, but we're not of it. We're in it, but we're not of it. Keep pressing ahead. Stand. Stand, saint of God. Don't give up. Don't grow weary. Don't back down. God has a purpose for your life in this hour. He, he knew you were going to be alive right now. And he, every one of these things that happens, he knows. 
He knew ahead of time. He knew it was coming. And it didn't catch him by surprise, by the way. And it shouldn't catch you by surprise. Because that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. It's available to you. What I want to see you doing is standing up and rising up in the middle of your situation. Yeah, but Todd, I just found out my spouse is ill. Todd, I have a crazy lawsuit against me. I have a friend right now that's being sued some astronomical amount of money. I mean, it's ridiculous how much they're suing him for. And he's been in a battle for over a year. It's spent millions of dollars. He's a doctor. But you know what? He's just pressing ahead. I, he's actually a very positive guy. And I thank God for him. I thank God for this guy because every time I see him, he's smiling. He's a great man of God, and I love him. And I'm, I'm encouraged by him because he stands. And I know that in the end, he's going to come out on top. Why? Because he's in it, but he's not of it. Uh, there's a spouse I know, a husband that's fighting for his wife's life right now. She's got cancer, and, and it looks bad, and she could, she could die. But he's, he's believing that the Lord is going to do a miracle in that situation, and so is she. So they're standing right now, and they're believing, and they're speaking words of life over their situation, and they are in it, but they're not of it. I have a friend who's a police officer. He's, he's, he's been valiant in his, his, his service to our country. He was from the NYPD. He was there in 9-11. He's in a horrible trial right now for his finances and his pension, and they're, they're looking to just take everything from him. But what does the Lord say? The Lord says, I'm going to be with you. Lord says, I'm going to make a way where there's no way. I'm going to do something in your situation. It's not done. You're not finished. In it, but not of it. This man is going to come out on top. He's going to be okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. This is what we've got to do, friends. We've got to stand in this hour. This is a time to stand. It's not a time to grow weary. Know who we are. What's our identity in Jesus Christ? I'm a child of the Most High God. He's made us in his likeness and image. His promise is yes and amen, hope in the future. He's made us fearfully and wonderfully. He didn't make a mistake for us bringing us in this world this time. He's not lacking. He owes a cattle on a thousand hills. He's not out of resources. He hasn't stepped down from the throne, by the way. This is the God we serve. He's the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the Word. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Think about the God we serve. Oh, but this one said that. Who cares what they said? I don't care what they said. Do you care? I don't. Who cares what this one or that one said? People say a lot of things. They do a lot of things. There's a lot of broken people. We're in a broken world. You know what? If we dwell on what this one or that one said, we're going to miss the blessing of what God said. What did God say about you? Oh, but I was in a horrible relationship. I was beat. Good. Get out of it. Don't be in it again. Don't get in a relationship like that again. Know your value. Know your worth. If somebody starts doing that to you, you get away from them immediately. Yeah, you, could, you can call the authorities on them, sure. You be strong. Be strong in who you are. Don't be, don't be somebody that's a doormat. Don't be, you know, we're not supposed to be weak, by the way, as Christians. A lot of people think that Christians are meant to be weak. We're not weak. And even when we are weak, he's strong. And that's who we are. So you don't need to be weak because he's strong for you. And so we don't, we don't need to be door st- doormats. You know, letting people just take advantage of us. That's not who we are. Jesus flipped tables. He wasn't weak. He's not weak. He's not weak at all. We're not weak. We take this territory. We're not weak people. We're not weak individuals. We're not weak-minded. Our mind is not, is, is not double-minded. We're not in, in the world one minute and God the next. That's, that's not going to work. 
We've got to make a decision all in, every single bit of it. I believe the whole thing. This is the reality of the situation. We've got to believe the whole thing because this is the reality. God didn't give us a half truth. He gave us a full truth. This is what he said, what we're talking about, his word. His word. Why did God intentionally tell us we're in it, but we're not of it? Because he has to identify who we are so that we understand who we are. So that then we can actually you know, operate in the optimal version of who we are because we know, okay, he said, look, he's going to put us on this world, but that's not who we are though. We're here to take back the territory. We're here to egbalo, to go out, to cast out, to drive out, to be the salt and the light every single day, to get people saved and set free and healed and delivered and to be about the great commission to pull down the strongholds. That's who we are. So he placed us here strategically, but not to be wallowing in our misery and beat down by this world. This world is messed up. The people in it are messed up. And they're going to do messed up things. And so why do we get so surprised when they do that? Well, that's literally what God said they're going to do. They're going to call good evil. They're going to call evil good. They're going to come against Christians. That's what they've done. They're going to do it to you because they did it to Christ. They did it to Paul and they did it to the apostles. Of course, they're going to do it to you. And so we knew all this stuff was coming. There's going to be false prophets. There's going to be people that are going to say things in Jesus' name, but they're not really serving him. He's going to say, well, you know, uh, depart from me, workers of iniquity. I never knew you. To people like us, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Yes. So we just need to know who we are. And then once we understand that, then we, we have that confidence. You know, when you were dating, do you remember that? Some of you may be dating now. But remember when you were dating and, and somebody had confidence? How attractive is that? It's so attractive. Why? Because they, they know who they are. And there's, there's, there's like this, this, it's just a solidity. It's like, wow, like they get it. I mean, you can have somebody that's not even that attractive aesthetically, but is so confident that they become attractive. And then you can have somebody that's so attractive physically, but they're totally unattractive because they have no confidence. Why? Because you have to own it. You have to know who you are. That is a big factor in the whole thing. And that's what it is in the game of life. That's what it is in, in Christ, is that we've got to be confident in who we are in him so that we understand what we're capable of doing. Because if we're not confident in him, then we're not going to understand what we're capable of doing. And we're going to get caught up in the traps, because there's many of them. The traps are set all around you to make you fail. But you, you can absolutely have victory no matter what's going on around you in the world. You can have the victory because you've already been set up for success. You just got to walk into that. You got to own that. So if you're in the middle of a situation right now, I want to pray for you before we go today. I just feel real heavy on my heart. Somebody's got a loved one that's really, it's just, it's heavy on your heart right now about them. And I just want to pray for you. You don't have to carry that burden and that is not going to change who you are in it, but not of it. It's another assignment of hell to get you discouraged. The devil is crafty. He's crafty. He's always thinking of new ways to wear you down, to beat you down, especially if you're doing a lot for the kingdom. You know, he wants, he, he's got it. That's the only way that he's going to take any territory is, is if he gets you down because otherwise you just keep winning. That's who you are. That's your identity. So as long as you keep winning, he's losing. But the minute that he can convince you that you're losing, then he's winning. Does that make sense? That's why we have to renew our mind in Christ. Just not be conforming to things of this world, but what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Die to your flesh daily. Why? Because the enemy is always trying to convince us we're on the losing team. But God has already spoke out who we are and said we're on the winning team. All right, Lord, we just thank you for everybody that's listened to the broadcast today. I feel your presence and your glory here. In it, but not of it. 
We are citizens of heaven. We're not citizens of this earth. We're passing through, and we've been given an assignment and a mission to be the salt and the life. Salt and the light and the life, to bring the life, the light and life of Jesus Christ. That's who we are, Lord. So let us do that. Let us be about your business. Let us not grow weary in doing good. Let us stand on those promises that you've given us. We love you so much. I thank you for this awesome audience of people, this remnant, remnant, remnant. Thank you for the remnant. The remnant will stand. The remnant will not back down. The remnant will not grow weary. In Jesus' name, empower them to go out and make disciples this week. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Love you. God bless. All right, thank you for tuning in to the broadcast today. If you're listening to this, you're listening to the podcast version. Uh, we are moving into the Remnant Revival Center this May 5th, and we are leading up to that t- period of time right now. We need funds. We need money to do this, friends. It's a c- complete act of faith right now. Uh, and so we are fully listener-supported. We even stopped running the ads, if you noticed. Uh, all we're doing now is we have a couple affiliate programs, but we, we are not running ads. We're not doing Gold Co. We're not doing any of those. We need your help. Please, please help us. Uh, we would really appreciate that. PastorTodd.org or ToddCognato.com slash give. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing here. You are a major part. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name.